When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Ah, folks, the VFL and AFL is a wonderful Australian game and thousands of men have played the game at this, the highest level. Uh, Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. A select few make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. Today's guest is a true champion of the game. He arrived at Richmond in 1965, played 300 games for the Tigers, is a five-time Premiership player and coached the Tigers in 1982 and 83. He's a member of the AFL Hall of Fame and a wingman in the team of the century. It is my great honour to say welcome to Francis Burke. Lovely to have you on the show, Francis. A pleasure, Rick. A pleasure. You and I met on a bus uh, in the summer of 1965 between, I think, Murchison and Nathalia, and little did we know that all those years down the track we would be premiership uh, mates, but more importantly, friends. Oh, that's true, Rex, and I do remember meeting you, and uh, I think that uh, what you say is uh, uh, important uh, because... You just don't know how things are going to work out. So uh, in our case, it was uh, a, a terrific outcome. I was on my way to Jimmy Turner's uh, farm to go yabbing in the dams and yes. the uh, and the channels. You you were on your way back to your parents' uh, farm. Can you tell us your earliest memories of AFL fo- of VFL football? Oh, basically listening to the wireless, uh, Rex, uh, and uh, then often. Um, uh, not always, uh, not always. Uh, uh, every weekend, depending on what my own activities were in terms of playing footy and sport. But um, uh, I always barracked for the Tigers, of course, and had a soft spot. And sometimes we didn't hear the results in those days until the uh, evening news came on. But uh, um, I saw Rich. I didn't actually see Richard play in the, in the, alive until actually played with the Tigers because of the distance involved and et cetera, et cetera. But my earliest memories, of course, are listening and, and to my father talking about Roy Wright and Jack Dyer and uh, those sorts of uh, Tiger legends from his time at the Tigers, of course. Yeah, uh, and later on, uh, your father, Frank, who was part of the three-generation uh, uh, dynasty of, of Burks, you, you, you know, your father, you and your son, David, at Richmond, 
but your father, Frank, was appointed captain coach of Nathalia, and, and you were quite a small boy. What are your memories of, you know, running the boundary or having a kick to kick down at the local footy ground, which I can remember had a wonderful surface, uh, despite the fact, you know, that was in an area that didn't have a lot of rain? Well, um, firstly, the first part of your question is, Rex, I can't remember much at all uh, <laughs> about my father playing, um, but uh, I just, I sort of, as I grew up, I became aware of not only him, but there was a stack of Burks played football from Australia, and uh, I became also aware of the respect uh, that he had from his playing of sport, not only footy, but cricket and golf, of course. But uh, so... Um, Basically, that's the way it was, and uh, uh, even as I grew up, uh, he milked the cows on Saturday when I played footy and sport, and then I milked the cows on Sunday when he played <laughs> golf, and etc. So uh, that's sort of the way it was, but, uh, um, but it was sort of an awareness that uh, my dad had played for the Tigers, and I took uh, great uh, pride in that, because... Uh, Oh, well, not everyone gets the opportunity to do that. And so, uh, but uh, as I grew older and then started talking to him about football, he he talked to footy about me, I became aware of uh, of an opportunity of um, learning a, a, a stack of actually how to play. Not so much why it was important to play, but how to play the game. And so that was a terrific part of my growing up with my father as well. If you've just turned the dial, uh, we're talking to Francis Burke on This Is Your Football Life for Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. My goodness me, there was an occurrence in uh, earlier in your teens when you were 14 that you were diagnosed with a, uh, a heart abnormality and that may well have had an, a significant uh, effect on your sporting career, but not only that, but actually on your life. Could you tell our listeners about it? Um, well, I was diagnosed with a condition called aortic stenosis uh, as a 14-year-old Rex, as you alluded to. Um, at the time, uh, it, they, the doctors and my mother particularly were concerned about it, so yeah. I, had to, I had to stop playing uh, and doing anything active for a little while. But um, as it's turned out, uh, I've never really uh, had any problems with it whatsoever other than just having to go to the doctor occasionally to have it yeah. monitored. But um, at the time, they were worried about it. Uh, and as you, I suppose the natural instinct for any parent to be worried about their child with this unusual uh, condition. But uh, it's never affected me at all and uh, still doesn't. Uh, i just got to declare that I have it if I go to uh, another doctor sometimes. You know? Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. I, I would have thought that it was an enlarged heart because most of us who saw you play either thought you were silly or had the biggest heart in the world. Like the day you walked off at Hawthorne with a broken leg, I came off with a split eyebrow, and so I'm not going to even mention that again. Uh, let's get to school to assumption. A marvellous, marvellous grounding for so many of our uh, business leaders and our world leaders today, but, but our sportsmen... They were really, really concentrated that sport was a most important part of teenagers' progress to young adulthood. Well, uh, yes, I have to say that uh, in Assumption's case, and particularly the football, which uh, was uh, so important to the self-esteem and self-image of the school, I think, and also responsible, of course, for uh, its prominence, I guess, in education uh, aspects. But uh, it was for the first time that I really experienced um, 
playing for the cause. And uh, Assumption was a small school by comparison to its competitors. It had 350 boarders at the time. And from that little community came great spirit and great uh, team ethic. And, of course, it was reinforced uh, by the brothers, and especially Brother Dominus Hogan, who was our renowned uh, coach. Yeah. Uh, and, boy, if you... If you stepped out of line and didn't conform, well, you really copped it, and uh, I really mean it, copped it, you know. But it was it was an important uh, aspect of the school, which uh, the teachers and the, the brothers and the, the boys took uh, great uh, joy in being a part of. You actually broke into the senior team at school, but that led you to playing uh, for the senior team at uh, Nathalia. I, I don't know what league. What, what league is Nathalia in? Uh, there? The Murray League. Yeah. And, and and that was real men's football, and it was there you gained the greatest gift of all, and that was self belief and confidence that you were going to be a good footballer because uh, you know you did well in your first year, but as a very young man, you won the best and fairest, and that's when league clubs start to take notice of a very very young Francis Burke. Well, I suppose so, Rex, but uh, look, to be honest with you, uh, I was confident in my ability, but never in my wildest dreams did I think uh, it would turn out the way that it did. And I only went to Richmond because uh, uh, it was sort of an opportunity to experience something that um, was uh, special, but I had no great uh, uh, ideas or um, uh, I wasn't confident that I'd be there very long. I just wanted to actually try and get what I could and out of it and uh, perhaps go back and, and be involved at a coaching um, level as I grew older in the country. But, yeah, uh, yeah so it was as simple as that. And uh, playing for Nathalia was terrific uh, in my own development because of, uh, of a young uh, teenager that I was playing against men, and that was pretty hard, I have to say, and, and a great, um, a great uh, breaking in, I suppose, of, uh, uh, and a great, a required a great effort to, to uh, overcome the physical stuff and etc uh, uh, etc et that you came up against when you're playing you know hardened veterans yeah uh, <clears throat> the same year that you came down from the Thalia and, uh, and and went to the reserves I was one of many young people who are now premiership players with you uh, went to the under-19s under Ray Slug Jordan. Uh, Johnny Nix was the coach of the seconds. Mm. And Tommy Hafey, the coach of the first, you know, had been brought back from Shepparton after winning four flags. But for our younger people listening, Richmond were coming out of a very, very dark period uh, of over two decades where they were virtually the laughing stock at some times of the league, Francis. Well, that's true. We've had a, we had a pretty dark period, like you say. and uh, But... Uh, at the time, of course, uh, with Graham Richmond and Ray Dunn and, and uh, their respective administrators team, who were part of the team of Tigerland, but especially those two, uh, they were determined and talented operators and uh, they just uh, refused to take no for an answer in anything that they undertook. And uh, so, um, obviously... We were hopeful that the Tigers were on the rise when we joined Rex, but yeah. we didn't know uh, how good some of the players that we were getting to know were going to be. And uh, as it turned out, uh, many of them were uh, outstanding champions. Tell us about your first meeting uh, and dealings with Tom Hafey as a young man who was commuting uh, from Nathalia to, uh, to the Punt Road Oval. Uh, tell us about your first uh, you know, association with the great Tom Hafey 
who'll, oh. be, who'll be actually listening uh, today, <laughs> and uh, we wish him all the best because uh, Maureen said it's amazing, you know, when Tom hasn't been 100%, the phone has not stopped ringing, and it's mainly from Premiership players. So it was the start of a magnificent era. Yes, it was. And, uh, I mean, Tom was uh, wonderful in that uh, in, right throughout that whole period, of course. But uh, I don't actually remember my first meeting with him, but it just became uh, as... Um, well, well, as you graduated from the reserves, in my case, to the seniors, uh, obviously my my dealings with him uh, then became more frequent. And as such, I mean, the, the overall impression of Tom was that, or uh, that uh, was that he was interested in you as a person, as well as a footballer, and uh, uh, he, he was uh, interested to know how Nathalia was going and all that sort of thing, which. Um, is important, and uh, I, I think that uh, not only that, he set a, a fine example in his own life and in the, in the way he trained himself. That um, was uh, a, a terrific, uh, a terrific example for us younger blokes to follow, and he had great influence um, for uh, uh, us younger blokes, especially in, in the benefits of training hard and knuckling down and making the commitment and etc. Uh, etc. Et and of course. Um, uh, he was able to get um, the best out of whoever he was coaching as a result. Folks, every year hundreds of people take out a fixed-price funeral plan with Tobin Brothers Funerals, and by doing that they have the peace of mind of knowing that regardless of how long they live, the price they pay today is fixed forever. So why not celebrate your life with a fixed-price funeral plan from Tobin Brothers Funerals? I don't you don't want you to read anything into that, uh, Francis, but the Tobin brothers are just magnificent because they're like me and you. I reckon we've got to celebrate some of these people's lives before we start talking about them, uh, you know, uh, in the past. So we really appreciate the time of Francis Burke. And out of the break, we'll be talking about premierships, best and fairest, state games, coaching, and the launch of a VFL legend. Francis Burke on this is your football life. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, thanks for joining us. And Francis Burke has joined us on our program and it's really lovely to speak to my friend. Uh, you had a few reserve games uh, first up before you, uh, Major Senior Jabu, and uh, apparently KB uh, uh, was playing in one of the reserve games, and I'm sure KB doesn't remember that conveniently. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, maybe. I don't remember either, uh, to be honest with you, Rex, but uh, if... Uh, oh, well, I started playing reserves off and on on permits, from 1964, yeah. so it could have been could have been quite easily. But but uh, KB played his 50th game for the Tigers as I was playing my first one or two or three. So yeah. he was well advanced as a league footballer uh, by the time I got on the scene. Does your memory uh, serve you well enough to give you some indication in the early times that there were some, some special, special times to to come in at Punt Road with the group of people that had accumulated uh, and congregated there? Um, not in a predictive sense, uh, Rex. Uh, certainly, um, I mean, we had... The Tigers were fortunate. I mean, 
look, some of us have got some uh, favourable coverage, I guess, in terms of the premierships that came, but we also had a pretty good hardcore of experienced players already at the club, and uh, my earliest memories are of them, really, of the Roger Deans and the Paddy Ganains and the Michael Pattersons and Neville Crows uh, and Billy Barrett, of course, uh, those sorts of players, Freddie Swift, who were terrific individuals, but also very good players. And so... Um, uh, and they were the leaders, obviously, at the club at the time. And so I'm uh, grateful to them for their uh, creation of some sort of welcoming uh, atmosphere and uh, uh, and be able to talk to them on a you know on a level uh, relationship basis. And so um, that's my earliest memories of this uh, tiger um, coming to to uh, prominence in terms of success. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's the best way I can describe it. The others, I mean, the Sheeds and Royces and uh, those sorts of... Kevin Bartlett, of course, uh, who uh, were on the way up, um, they obviously had talent, but, of course, uh, it was only a start of it, really, but the other older players to whom I referred, they were already established players. Uh, a lot of our uh, older listeners would know the move to the MCG <clears throat> from Punt Road, but our younger listeners just think that... Oh, the Tigers of today uh, just train at Punt Road, but Punt Road was like Victoria Park and the Western Oval and Windy Hill uh, and the Junction Oval, an important part of a Saturday afternoon dynasty in VFL. But it would probably have to go on record that the move by Richmond to the MCG in your era was one of the best decisions the club has ever made. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Rex, and that's commonly commonly recognised, of course, and uh, and credit to, to Ray Dunn, apparently, and also to Graham for their foresight in um, in organising that. But, I mean, look, you and I, we never played Punt Road in the, in the VFL days when there was actually league games there, although I presume you played under-19 games there. I did, yeah. But, um, so you can imagine the Coliseum-like atmosphere that must have prevailed there, given that we experienced that at Victoria Park and Windy Hill, of course, and other oh, grounds as well. But, um, but the MCG, nevertheless, was the, was the, you know, the Rolls-Royce of the grounds. And, of course, um, with the finals being played there, uh, it was a, a, an important part of the development of the team in terms of learning to play the MCG, I guess. Uh, and also, of course, uh, you could get... 50 or 60,000 people there, uh, whereas at Punt Road you could, um, it wasn't anything like that. It was only half the capacity at the best. So uh, that obviously had an impact on our finances and development of the club uh, from off-field uh, perspectives as well. And also, of course, it gave the club, I think, an opportunity uh, of a higher profile as such in the football world than what it had at Punt Road. But Punt Road still is. Uh, uh, the uh, traditional home of the Tigers, though. It's my earliest memory that it's an honour to play for Richmond, and I take that you know with me to this day. That uh, with the likes of the committee and uh, you know the administration and the coaching staff, that it was an honour for you to represent the club. They went through the greatest era in the club's history, and my goodness me, uh, th they were fantastic days. But. I think of the names of Fred Swift and Mike Patterson and Paddy Ganane and Roger Dean who had been through the darkest hours of the club. 
It must have been great to see the joy on their face when in 1967 you finally broke through against Geelong on that last Saturday in September. Well, of course, uh, of course. And uh, also, naturally enough, the supporters uh, were absolutely wrapped as well, as you can imagine. And different ones have said to me that over the, the journey that we've, been, we've enjoyed uh, subsequently is that to them, the older supporters especially, the 1967 Premiership was the one that's most special uh, of, of the five that uh, I was involved with because of, of the breaking of the drought, so to speak. And I'm sure uh, that... Uh, I mean, I've heard Roger Dean say quite often that up until that time, he personally didn't really feel that he was a genuine league footballer. He just thought that uh, he was a basically... And also ran when, uh, obviously, he was a wonderful player. But that's the way he feels about it, and uh, I'm sure the others do too. And, of course, in those days, we all had a job. Uh, and there was always going to be life after football and families and children and grandchildren. And I suppose those early days at the Borcluse Hotel under the tutelage of Graham Richmond were just invaluable to you uh, in your later on working life. Well, coming from milking cows for a living, Rex... Uh, <laughs> to throwing uh, drunks out onto the gutter at Swan Street, <laughs> a bit of a contrast, Francis. <laughs> it was quite... A, you can quite imagine it would have changed. But uh, even then, I just felt that it'd be just... Uh, well, footy might last a bit longer than what I thought it was originally going to. So, I mean, in my first three years of league football, I'd travel backwards to the from the stadium, milking cows during the week, and then uh, coming down at the weekend But to play for the Tigers. But... When I got to, to the Vaucluse with Graham and working full-time there, well, um, it was just uh, like chalk and cheese. And, I mean, I always thought I'd finish up going back to the failure to milk cows and um, uh, etc. But uh, it never happened. And let me tell you, I don't miss milking cows one little bit either, Rex. But you still enjoy a glass of milk? <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> um, five premierships, 300 games. Uh, <coughs> you're recorded in the history of the game forever. Your coaching uh, wasn't as sweet as what a lot of us thought it might be. You had tremendous success in the first year, but then after a, an ordinary year, uh, you know, you were given the sack by Richmond. And even a Tiger as deeply committed as you, it must have cut you to the bone to be cut free uh, of the Richmond coaching job. Oh, well, I guess, how would I, should I say this, Rex? When you take on these jobs... <clears throat> You go into it with your eyes open. I was on a one-year deal, um, and uh, basically uh, uh, things went uh, quite well, uh, as it turned out uh, in the first year, um, even though, in a way, given the Tiger culture, uh, it was considered a failure at the time because we actually lost the grand final, not won it. The second year, yeah, that, that was a tough year, and uh, so when uh, I got the Don't Come Mondays... I wasn't really surprised. I suppose I was disappointed because uh, I hadn't achieved what I'd hoped to achieve. But then, you know, you move on and, uh, as you rightly point out, with other things going on in your life away from the field with family and uh, a career, uh, you know, you, you do move on. And uh, so, in a way, um, that's just... Uh, well, I'll always be grateful for the opportunity to coach in the first place, and one yeah. of the reasons why I took it on, uh, despite having had no experience, was 
I didn't really think I'd ever get another opportunity to coach Richmond again. Uh, so, um, you know, you can discuss about whether it was a good idea at the time and now with a benefit of hindsight or not. But at the time, that was my thinking and I thought I could help, etc., etc. But, I um, know, uh, oh, it must have been hard for the people who were giving me the bad news too because they were my friends as well. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, so, but in the end... Um, they were doing what they thought was the best. Their motives, uh, whilst you mightn't have agreed with their actions, they certainly you couldn't discredit their motives. And no. so um, that's the way I was able to rationalise my way out of it, I suppose, Rex, and uh, and come up for whatever had to be done um, in the next part of my uh, career or life. In 1934, Australia snatched the ashes from England and Tobin Brothers Funerals began serving the community of Victoria. In the 80 years since, Leo, Fonce, Tom and Kevin launched their fledgling funeral business, Tobin Brothers Funerals, and they've served for more than 228,000 families, 228,000 families, I should say, and become one of Australia's most respected and trusted funeral companies. Tobin Brothers Funerals are celebrating lives, and we've been celebrating the football life of Francis Burke, and uh, goodness me, Francis, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we really thank you for your time today. My pleasure, Rex. This has been This Is Your Football Life, and thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives. And folks, if you'd like to hear the full version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals, or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. Join us next week from 7.30 Sunday morning on 11.16 SEN. And until we meet again in the wonderful world of football, folks, thanks for listening, and thank you very much. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.